Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, I'm your host Mark and joining me today we got JP for the first time. Welcome. Thank you. Happy I'm, to be here. I'm Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You're like so close to my old life, you know, you're a fellow Albertan. I am up uh, just three hour up, up the road in Edmonton. Yeah. Hey, I I uh I regret that we won't be able to smash armies together face to face though. But I I do too. But who knows? Maybe one day I'll 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 do what you did and we can <laughs> smash armies over there. Did you yeah, brought we'll be all your stuff with you? On the beach. <laughs> did you brought your stuff with you? Uh, I brought a little bit, but not really. Um, I have it all packed up, ready to be shipped down to me. But it's like gonna be too grand. I'm like, holy fuck! I don't. <laughs> I had a lot of Warhammer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it might be a bit expensive to me to move my operation down there too with all the paints that I have and the yeah. inventory and everything else. <laughs> we can cross that bridge when we're there. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited for this episode. We're sharing three different sto- uh, short stories. And then at the end of this episode, we're actually going to be talking about some of the cool stuff that you're doing up in Edmonton. You, you're running some type of charity thing, or I don't know the details. I don't want to tell what you're doing, but I'm excited. I'm excited to learn about what you're doing. So we'll save that for the Good. end. Awesome. So uh, we got three stories. They were all written by Jackson. They're called Aspirant, The Draco Tempest, and Prey. Uh, And it seems like they're all written about the same Space Marine chapter from his email. And yeah, we'll just see where this kind of story takes us. Aspirant. Suda was scared, but he would not allow his fear to bring a shame to his family and tribe. The omen had returned and he knew that the Sky God was watching. Ancient tales told that in an age long gone, the Sky God had descended from the heavens upon a beast with wings of flame and taught the ancestors of a ritual to offer tribute to the Sky God. In a voice like thunder, it told them that at times it would return and claim their most promising young warriors. And so it was the very fiery wings of the Sky Gods. Mount had once again been seen trailing through the night sky. Suda and the other young youths of the tribe had sent off on a dangerous trek through the jungle towards the Sky Altar, where the best of them would be taken to battle at the side of the Sky God. Gradually, as they plunged into the jungle, they had separated, each forging their own path through the dense jungle. Suda ran ran losing sight and sound of his fellows as he was pressing onwards. Eventually, the jungle began to darken. Night was coming. Suda began looking for a suitable tree to pass in the dark hours. It was never safe in the jungle, but there were more dangers in the ground than in the treetops. He found a tree that he could climb and sit in it, 
he would spend the night here and continue his journey in the morning. As he climbed from the jungle floor into the canopy of the sky altar, he came into the view in the distance, sitting atop a low hill, blackened by the flames of whatever magic it was that kept the altar uh, clear of all life. Until that was, the omen appeared. This was the only time that the people of his tribe could pass through the magical barrier and enter the altar. At least that is what the ancient tales claimed. Certainly it was impossible to pass within it at any other time. Many a fool had tried and many a charred corpse had been left upon the hillside. Even as Suda watched, a tongue of flame spewed down the slope as some creature crossed the invisible barrier and was set alight tumbling back down the steep slope into the jungle. Suda awoke to the, the, Suda awoke to the dawn, breaking through the leaves. He rose himself and worked his way down to the ground. Immediately, he set off, not pausing to eat nor drink. With luck, he would, be, he would reach the sky altar by sundown. He ran. Simply reaching the finish line was not enough. Only those who arrived first, first would be permitted. He was always careful, though. It was not enough to be fast. The trek through the jungle weeded out the foolish just as efficiently as it did weed out the slow and weak. For hours, Suda ran. He did not stop as the sun reached its zenith and began falling towards the trees behind him. In the middle of the afternoon, Suda came across another one of the potentials. This one, Tananya, Tan Tananya, was his name, was no longer a threat, however. He was trapped under the Shakara vine, and his fate was sealed. Most likely, he had began traveling before sunrise in his eagerness to complete the challenge, and had stumbled right into the planet's territory uh, in the darkness, plant's territory in the darkness. He was still alive, though barely, and even if Suda had the time to or in and even if Suda had the time or inclination to stop and help, there was to, nothing to be done. The boy was well out of reach, trapped on the ground where a tangle of vines had dropped on him as he brushed against the trigger strands rising out of the ground. His skin was pierced and bleeding in dozens of places, and he, he was weak from blood loss where the vines' long, vicious barbs had slashed and stabbed into him. As Suda approached, Tanya stared desperately at him, reaching out a hand of, for some kind of salvation. As he did so, Suda caught a glimpse of Tanya's chest. The roots of the chakra had already began growing into him, anchoring him into the ground. There would be no saving him. Suda ran on, taking care to skirt around the chakra vine. Tanya would not be the only one to fail the test. As the sun descended and the darkness began creeping through the undergrowth, Suda broke free of the jungle and into the clearing and the sky altar. Exhausted, he began to climb the hill towards the squat, dark structure sitting above him. He could not see any other potentials. He had no idea if he was the first or last to arrive. He pushed on, his legs burning as he climbed the short but steep slope. As he neared the top, he felt the air around him was warming steadily as the grass under his feet became burnt and blackened. Now he was approaching the summit. Heat shimmered in the air. Suddenly, a strange beast burst from the ground with a high-pitched whine. Suda froze as the creature's angular head turned towards him. His eyes glowed a bright green and his skin had ref strange reflective quality. A small flame flicked at the end of the circular opening that must have been the beast's snout. Suda saw his life ending in a searing ball of fire as he cringed against it. But the heat and agony never came. The beast sat motionless, watching, waiting. Summoning his courage, Suda took a step forward. 
He cringed again as the beast twisted to track his movement. Calming, he strained his nerves. Suda took another step, and another. The monster's head continued to follow him while the rest of his body remained completely motionless. Suda burst into a run, still expecting to feel searing flames wash over his back. But they never came. And when he looked back, the beast was still sit was sinking back into the earth. Now he was approaching the altar itself. The building was eminent, uh, emanating an air of danger, so, so, so severe that it forced Suda to stop once more. The whole place reeked of death. He swallowed and pushed himself to move. His survival instincts, instincts crying out. He had come so far. He would not live with himself if he failed now. He crossed the threshold after intense heat outside of the air. In, outside, after the intense heat outside the air inside the altar was shockingly cold. Before him was a flight of stairs ascending into the earth. He followed the stairs down a firelit chamber. Seven is seven of his competitors were already huddled in the center of the chamber as Suda crossed the cold stone floor to join them. Two more boys entered the room from the stairs behind him. Moments later was a loud grinding, and the top of the staircase was sealed by a heavy stone door, trapping the potentials inside. After a few minutes, a grinding noise came again, and a wall opening in the chamber slowly revealed itself. The boys shared a nervous glances between each other, just as they steeled themselves to approach the opening, and the sound issued from it. Just as soon as they had steeled, steeled themselves to approach the opening, uh, a sound issued from it. Slow, steady footsteps echoed from the darkness. They grew louder, and a pair of green eyes glowed out of the shadowy passageway. From the opening came a giant, its skin a deep blue. It easily stood three times the height of the potentials. The sky god had come for them. He spoke with a voice like roaring thunder, and the boys quailed before him. Your ascension is nigh at hand. Come, enter the storm. Uh, yeah, okay, so that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was really good, actually. <laughs> um, there was a little picture that he drew, and it was of the those vines, and there's a picture of this uh, aspirant potential getting entrapped by the vines, and that whole scene was pretty cool. Uh, I, I just love That's a graphic awesome. I, It's good when they, they can bring a little bit of their artwork at the same time, too, uh, just to supplement the lore that they're they're providing you it's kind of it's a neat it's a neat way to do go about it let's say yeah yeah like that i really like this plant and like it just grows into you and it's just like this carnivorous fucking plant <laughs> oh man not I, for the faint of heart yeah i i wish that maybe there was one or two other trials that they had to pass um i i, I think he did a great job of kind of going through the jungle it was cool but i maybe would have liked to see one more little trial but i think he did a good job overall yeah yeah it's it's, it's very reminiscent of catachan almost you know those yeah. crazy plants yeah. that are just out there to kill you yeah <laughs> the the other trial that they seemed to do was like the trial of like courage almost it seemed where they approached that beast and it's like if you turn your back and run away, that's when it shoots the flame at you, you know. But if you keep going forward, you know, it's the it's the space marine test of courage. Yeah. I mean, there's always it's always good to uh, to to hear on like other people's take on what the aspirant would have to go through. You know, there, there's there's a little yeah. bit out there that the Black Library has put up, but I like listening to other guys' uh, version of their, you know, their fluff and their 
they're what's splashing their chapters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very cool. So I think these three stories are connected. Um, do you want to read the next one? It's only a page or I, I can also read it. Yeah. Uh, is that the death planet or the prey? Uh, I think it's the Draco Tempest. Yeah. All right. Cool. I got this. The Draco Tempestus. The Marines stood in a circle and discussed the faith of an entire star system. In a dark, lit by a single fire at its center, stood the lords of the Draco Tempestus chapter. There were seven in total. Firelight and shadows played across their features. Six of the seven represented the various branches of the chapter. From the Librarius to the fleet, the seventh chapter master Perinius towered over the others. Around the assembly, on the edge of the firelight, stood the ashen personal guard to the chapter master, silently watching, waiting. Perinius stood up, the teleportarium pad, surrounded by his bodyguard. He stared into the control chamber and offered the slightest of nods. A somber voice rolled through the load hailers, tucked into the corners of the room, into the storm. The flashing hammer lights turned solid green as the tendrils of unreality coil around the warriors and, their, and they were sucked into the immaterium. Far below, on the warthorn surface of the planet, sickly colors crawled out of nothing before exploding in a blinding flash. Out of the light strode the chapter masters of the Draco Tempestus, leading his honor guard into the fray. He marched into the Tau battle lines and began viewing fire warriors apart with great sweep of his spear, Drakenfang. The ashen spreading out around him and heading to the devastation of the Xenos force. It was not long before the Tau were withdrawing from the area. Perennius continued on into the city proper, searching for his next target. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I feel like maybe we need to read the next one too before I comment on this one. It, it's so short and like... It is short, yeah. Yeah, like it... It's cool that there's the three stories and you get these little glimpses of each kind of section of what's happening. Like now we're in the Space Marines we learned that they apparently like to do like teleportarium strikes. And I'm curious yep. if that's going to kind of come up more. And that's kind of why they're called like these like serpent tempests. Is it maybe like warp serpents? Maybe um, there's yeah. a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, maybe there's even, definitely a lot of questions. Yeah. Like maybe even that serpent in the beginning is some type of warp type creature, you know, or, or a uh, natural creature with warp abilities. Yeah. Cause it, God knows there's a few of those after yeah. the cicatrix maledictum yeah. occur. Yeah. Um, a lot of anomalies out there. So yeah. very cool. Yeah. yeah. So we get we get another little little peek into it. Uh the next story he wrote is called uh Prey, uh Death of Planets. Uh I can read this one. Wow, that is a name. Architeus. Architeusius. <laughs> Surfaces only for a moment. The invasion is infinitesimally small, and the prey may even believe to be that the prey may even believe it to be insignificant. A handful of spores fall across the planet before the monstrous mother beast withdraws back into the depths of the void. A sure victory for the prey. All they must do is 
exterminate the drones that have been introduced to the surface. Archithuiaslius waits. A drone escapes from their spores. They have been given in instincts and they follow them. They are armed with sharp teeth and long talons. It is all they need. They go forth, they feed, they multiply. The swarm ebbs and flows like an ocean around what the prey might have considered a might mighty shell. Now it is a mere island, slowly sinking beneath the vast multitudes that make up Architeutheus's spout fire and melt fi spouting fire and metal ineffectually as it is drowned beneath the seething masses. At times, the skittering hordes of drones flow past and around the towering flanks of the shell, seeking any chink in the defenses. Suddenly, a possible weakness is identified and tide turns. Waves of bladed, chittering drones crashing against the defense of the prey, only to flow away once more, seeking other holes that might lead to the soft biomass within. Though this living sea of teeth and chit and stride, stride larger creatures, the monsters emerging from the depths, they stride through the waves of lesser beasts, parting the waves as they are drawn inextricably the weakest sections of the prey's defenses, inextricably. That's a, that's a, that's a good word on Scrabble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck. <laughs> Ten points. The prey is offered an impossible choice, spend their pitiful reserves of fire and metal on the seething drone tides and so be crushed and consumed by the arrival of monsters or focus their defenses on the leader beast and be drowned beneath stabbing claws and rending teeth of the unending flood. Either way, soon all will be mere fodder for articulacies. The shell is cracked, although the prey resisted a bit back uh Although the prey resisted and bit back, its efforts have proved futile. The prey towers into the sky inside the shell and is packed full of biomatter. Once inside, Arthurius feeds freely and the monstrous beats surfaces once more from the icy depths. Now, however, they do not flee. They draw in close and drain the prey of its life. All is taken. Architeutheus <laughs> plunges back into the abyss, stronger and larger now. It can feel it can feel new prey ahead, and it still hungers. Interesting, wow. very interesting. So I don't uh, somehow I don't think they're related since one is Tau and this is Tyranid, obviously. Um, yeah, is it maybe? Yeah, is it the same chapter or? The, there's one more piece of the puzzle here in his listener lore or in his email. Uh, he did include a picture of his chapter and their logo it's like this dragon head like this blue silver dragon head okay I, so i feel like the connection here is like this arthurius person creature or whatever creates these drones these little like hoarding drones that drone was like that same serpent drone in the very beginning that metal fire breathing drone okay okay and they're, they're so between these three stories we kind of see the the connection of everything i i think i think it's lacking a lot of detail like you have to really kind of read for it and really they're they're all just a little short but i really like yes. the concept of working with like warp creatures that are either natural and have warp abilities or not like one of my favorite things in 40k is the the crotalids and i even have a space marine chapter dedicated to hunting crotalids like a crocodile oh, I remember when, when you guys did the the xeno um when you went through all the xenos at the beginning of lore hammer like that was that was good uh considering i'm not a player 
to go through that lore and get a, a good feel for all these different factions yeah. out there. You, you just, guys you did a good job at, at explaining all those. <laughs> My favorite one was the one that got ground up into dust and launched into a star. Goddamn. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Yeah. Um awesome. yeah. Very very interesting lore. Like it has me thinking. I'm I'm trying to well, put I want more kind of deal, right? What's that? I want more. I want more. Yeah, exactly. I want more. I want to see kind of have they somehow tamed this beast or do they kind of worship this beast to some degree? Like we need more details. So write us another three or four stories. Yeah, dude. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, that was fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Jackson, for writing. Now, JP, like, tell me what's going on with this charity. I got questions. Tell me more. All right. Uh, it well, um, it's called 40 Hours of 40K. Um, I was brought into the fold in 2000, late 2019 uh, when I, I met with this, uh, this fantastic painter, Bobby Clark out of the UK, as Zendel as uh, Red Eagle Studio. Uh, the guy is a machine when it comes to production. Like he is booked like two years in advance kind of deal. <laughs> but the guy needs this to pay the bill. So it's not like me where I have like my pension with the yeah. army kind of deal. Uh, he needs that and he's really good at it. So he always kind of donated time with the Royal Air Force. He's an, arm, he's an Air Force brat. So he, he was donating time in the past to help like uh, guys with um, issues through the hobby, like teaching mm. guy how, how to paint, using the hobby as an outlet for either, you know, like anger or depression or anxiety and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, so think that, that I think I'd love to come back to that too at the, uh, after we talk about the charity, because that's such an interesting aspect of the hobby and just like how we can use it to like, better our own lives or to get over things or to just you know improve yes. essentially yeah absolutely so you met up so, with this guy amazing yeah game. so I, met, I i pretty much just slide in his dm one day and like hey how can i help i was they were just <laughs> uh they were just like finishing the 2019 um charity and it was a good turnout and i was like i have time i love to paint what can i do for help he's like well here's the deal he, he kind of read me into it. And in, in 2020, the army we did was a Necron army. And I have a really good relationship here in town with some of the friendly local game store. So I approached a couple of them and they ended up donating like, I don't know, like five or $600 worth of plastic nice. that, I, that I broke down into smaller packages because I had to ship that to the UK and it was, it was on my dime. Yeah. So I sent that to Bobby. Bobby was over the moon and I think my, my, my reputation was set at the time. So when this year came in, obviously I was in the fold again and in a nutshell, in the UK, what they do with 40 Hours of 40K, which was uh, initially started by Andrew Weller, who's also a RAF member, and he's also a Warhammer hero. Um, okay. So he was, he was you know, uh, minted, I guess, for lack of better terms, um, as a Warhammer hero for having a positive impact in the community through 40 Hours of 40K. Yeah. Um, and they use this, this charity called Calm, Campaign Against Living Miserably, which strictly target men's mental health and suicide prevention uh uk just like canada their their rate is 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 very similar like men on under 55 it's the number one cause of death is suicide yeah um yeah. me being in the army uh i've i've i've, I've suffered uh through uh, depression anxiety ptsd and also um 
I'd lost a, a lot of friends to suicide. Yeah. So it was really hitting home for me. Yeah. So sure. I did this for two years and it was great. Um, but one thing was missing, like the money was raised and stayed in the UK. And I know that we have men here in Canada and North America that are struggling. Yeah. So I traveled to UK this year to meet up with them and pitch my idea of forming a Canadian chapter to the 40 hours of 40 K. And it was very well received. Um, yeah. And I've been running with this for the last two weeks, getting a charity lined up. So I did find one. Uh, we are going with headsupguys.org. Uh, it's out of UBC. It's a registered charity. And they, they pretty much help men identify uh, symptoms and stressors when it comes to mental health and send them in the right direction when it comes to seeking help. For sure. Um, so I, I feel like their mission statement is in line with ours. Um, we have already got a couple sponsored, like uh, Industrial Park Games is uh, where the actual event will be happening. Uh, they're also donating a bunch of models, Red Claw here in Edmonton as well. Uh, Dave Bibby, freaking legend, veteran as well, donated right away. Cool. Um, a taps game with Lane Bun, uh, Lane out of taps game. Like I'm trying to get him on board. He donated last year, so I have good hopes for him. And in the Cl clumsy dragon as well. Uh, I'm not well versed with Calgary yet, but I'm gonna reach out to Sentry Box yeah. and yeah, yeah. the other kind of store that are there. Uh, I have an artist actually in in Calgary now on my team. Cool. I have, a, I have assembled 16 artists so far from Nova Scotia to BC. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Looking all right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's shaping really well. Uh, this year, we're going to paint a orc army, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it also gives a lot of freedom to the guys, like even though the skin color is not like on par and everybody's the same, Yeah, it still doesn't mess up with the, the genre that is the orc army, right? Yeah, like yeah, even yeah. like the way you place your rust or how you do your, your weathering on them, it, it can defer because there's so, there's so many different units out yeah. there, right? Yeah. Awesome. But like Super as long as like the, the color pal palette is the same, you know. Yeah. And like, then I but yeah, like the different UK. shades of skin tone is kind of nice even. Yeah, because look at us, like we're two <laughs> white guys, but we have different skin tone. Like you're yeah. super tan. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> one stuff in hair on the head, one yeah. smooth all the way around. It's all types there of things. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So doing really good on this on this front. Um, obviously I did a call to arms on Instagram because I needed more artists and I want guys to be involved. Yeah. And even if the guys, for example, right now, I only have like one, one item left on my 2000 point army that needs to be assigned to someone. Yeah. But even if someone wants to jump in and they just want to do something on their own, um, like we've done, uh, this year, like there was, there's a guy that painted a super dope Gulliman. That was a, a, a raffle. There's another guy in our group in the UK that is like a wizard with green stuff. Yeah. And he did like a wolf lord out of out of scrap, really, out of out of just green stuff. Um, other stores in the UK donated like box sets and stuff like that. So I'm really out there asking anybody how they can help, how yeah. they want to help. And so far the community is not disappointing. Yeah, like I'm kind of even just thinking now, even myself, I'm not committing to nothing, but like I got armies up in Canada that like I don't think they're ever going to make it down to Panama, but maybe yep. we can maybe raffle them off and get some money for charity or something for them. Who who fucking knows? We'll, we'll right. talk about that. Like there's some. Oh, yeah, offline for there. sure. Like I've got like a new logo designed by a local artist like Mark, Mark Lopquitz. He's, he's also a tattoo artist, but he's yeah. also a military man. He designed my studio logo and the charity logo. Um all for a bottle of scotch each like it's nice, like nice. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cheap 
pretty yeah. cheap rate for for the that kind of quality of, of, of artwork yeah and i'm setting up a website right now for my studio but also for 40 hours 40k that will be linked directly with uh headsupguys.org so that people can go and donate and get their yeah. tax slip um same with like if they if this if it's a company that want to just sign a, a check like they they all the directions are there on the website yeah. um that will be linked up with me very shortly yeah um it, it's so. cool to hear that you're going like a very official route with this like you're Yes. You're actually making it so you can get some tax return money or back or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it just kind of I think it just kind of speaks to credibility and encourages almost to get involved in something, you know, where it's like, well, it's not just some random dude who's trying to open a No. Uh, go yeah. fund yeah. go fund me just to finance my move to Panama. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. If some asshole did that, you know, like Yeah, um, no, no. It's, it's it's legit. It's a registered charity. Uh, you know, uh, and it's called 40 hours of 40 K because the guys are going to roll dice for 40 hours straight. So I need some brave souls as well that will show up at industrial park game and roll dice from <laughs> 6 a.m. in the morning on Saturday until 10 p.m. at night on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I, I got I get some T-shirt that are being made with the logo for the charity. Um, my wife and my buddy's wife will be cooking, uh, cook, uh, baking some sticky buns and whatnot for the guys. Nice. I'll be getting some Red Bulls and Monsters and 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 Gatorade for the dudes. Everything's gonna be sold, you know, nice. for a small markup, and all the markup goes to obviously the charity. Uh, yeah. The goal this year is ten thousand dollars because we we raised fourteen thousand pounds alone this wow. year. Okay. So it's my first time around Congrats, man. the UK, uh, the Canadian chapters. So 10K, I, I believe, is a is a reasonable target. Sure. And obviously, heads up, guys are like, uh, yeah, sign us up. Like, it's pretty yeah. good. And like, so I don't have to worry about much on their hand because it's more than $5,000. They'll set up the, the connection to the 40 hours of 40K with the logo on their website. Nice. And people can just go there and I'll have it on my link as well the instagram page for the charity as well and then obviously the studio and then twitter and everything else yeah very cool um yeah so maybe we'll post some more information we'll make sure if people can find your links and stuff do you yeah have a spot right now to find somebody i mean on instagram i'm uh at garviel studio dot studio um same thing uh twitter is garviel studio um 40 hours of 40k underscore canada on instagram is where most of the things that the artists are doing will be posted yeah you know i have some pretty big names uh that joined the, the fold this year like james craig he has nine uh sorry 11 golden demons oh god damn okay okay the guy is good yeah and i, sl- I slide <laughs> in his dm a few weeks ago and i was like hey man here here here's what i'm doing do you yeah. want to play he's like yeah is I can I can recruit a couple of the guys and he he recruited like Guillaume Junot and then um, Jonathan Ho out of Toronto and these are like twenty plus thousand followers on Instagram amazing amazing yeah. artists in in a nutshell so and also states like a Stiff Neck Studio down the states a bunch of Marines most of them retired cool want to chip in as well I'm not sure they're probably not going to paint for the army itself because I've already have these covered with Canadian artists at this point yeah. Uh, but the phenomenal painters. So whatever they want to do that is orky, I'll give them a short list of like 
the cool characters that they've been released lately, you know, like yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 like the Baynard's Revenge, very, very yeah. cool model. Yeah, even like <laughs> even like Banyar Revenge, if they want to do the Banyar Revenge guy, the Templar sling an orc, that'd be kind of <laughs> tongue in cheek, pretty funny as well. Um, so that's 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 the goal. That's the goal is to get. I want this to be huge. I want yeah. Global News yeah. to show up that weekend and do a little spot, you know, and, nice. and, and interview like the owner of IPG and then interview me and maybe a, a few painters. Uh, we have the Beastie Battle Brothers are probably going to send a crew to play as well. They're mostly Age of Sigmar, but they said they would accept rolling 40K for the yeah. charity. I'm like, oh, sweet. Thanks, guys. It's <laughs> amazing because I don't play. Yeah, I don't play. I don't know how to play. So I'm, I'm going to lean heavily on my friends that are super, super mega nerds and they know all the rules and ins and outs of yeah. the ninth edition and then roll some dice for the charity. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. that That's one of the few things I miss about Canada is just going able to play 40k to meet a bunch of new random people and just have a yeah. great time hanging out rolling dice. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. Like I said, the League of Votans is out. Yeah, uh, this weekend the whole gambit is out, so I'm going heavy with that, and I might start rolling dice with Votan. Cool, very cool. Um, yep. well, we're basically at the end of this recording here. It's yes, I see you then. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on the episode and making the time. Uh, sharing thank you for up. allowing me to jump. That was awesome, man. I yeah. appreciate that. Uh, you're welcome back anytime you want. Uh, if you ever yeah, we could do uh, we could do like you know like once we're like first quarter of 2023 and then halfway through and then kind of right around the corner when it's about just to yeah, see yeah, if yeah, we can yeah. get as as much people involved as possible, especially on the on the gaming side of house. Yeah, exactly. Brave souls. I need some brave souls. <laughs> cool. Well, if uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you have lore, you can submit to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out my Patreon, uh, Lorehammer Listener. Lore. I don't know what I said the first one. Whatever. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.